Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 34. Welcome to the program, everyone. My name is Brian Holmes, and as always, it is a joy to have you with us. You have found the Strategic Living Podcast, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, activating destinies, awakening dreams, changing nations. We want to see you healed, your mind renewed and transformed. Hey, we want to see you discover all that God has created you to be. Going to be a great episode. We are still talking about relationships and got a great concept I want to share with you today on the law of association. So wherever you are, let's just get started, everybody. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you with us, and I trust that you have had the opportunity to sort of walk with us through this relationship journey, I believe since episode 31, so 31, 32, 33, and now episode number 34, we are dealing with this concept of relationships. How important are they in our lives? I tell you, you know, we're not meant to live life alone. We certainly are not designed to be isolated and to walk out our destinies without contact, connections, and meaningful relationships with other people. And so if we're going to relate with one another, it's so important that we understand how relationships work, uh, how to gauge these seasons and various times of testing and adjustments that must be made as we walk this process out. Well, Anthony DeMello captures a phenomenal concept and story, and he talks about the difference between chickens and eagles. And the little summary goes like this. A man found an eagle's egg and put it in a nest in the barnyard And the eagle hatched with the brood of chicks and grew up with them. All of his life, the eagle did what the barnyard chicks did, thinking he was a barnyard chicken. He scratched the earth for worms. He was constantly hunting for insects. He clucked and he cackled. He would thrash his wings and fly a few feet into the air. Years passed. The eagle grew very old, and one day he saw a magnificent bird above him in the cloudless sky. It was just gliding along gracefully, majestically among the powerful wind currents with scarcely a beat of its strong golden wings. The old eagle in the hen yard looked up in awe, and he said to his chicken friends, Who's that? Well, that's the eagle. That's the king of the birds, said his neighbor. He belongs to the sky, and we belong to the earth. We're chickens. So the eagle lived and died a chicken, for that's what he believed himself to be. Today on this program, I want to talk to you about the law of association. I want to talk to you about the mindset that accompanies the connections and the associations that we have in our lives and how it affects us in every single way. 
Well, a couple of scriptural principles here to begin with. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. We've read this one a couple of times throughout this little series. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Here's a new one for you that I find fascinating. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, and I'm going to read this one from the Amplified Version of the Bible. That's the one that takes a really long time. <laughs> it says, do not be deceived or misled. Evil or ungodly companionships, ungodly communion or associations, corrupt and deprave good manners, good moral, and good character. This is powerful to me because I, I really think sometimes people think that it doesn't matter who they hang out with and who they do life with and who they allow their hearts and minds to be open to. Yet, I'm telling you, man, when we associate with mindsets and philosophies and ideas and spirits that are not in alignment with what God has for our lives, we literally become what we associate with. Just like the story of the eagle in the chicken yard. You know, if all you've ever known is hanging out with poor people, you're going to have a poverty mindset and your life will bear the fruit of that which you associate with. He that walks with wise men will be wise. Well, he that walks with prosperous-minded people will be prosperous-minded. All of these things really, really play out in a very powerful way. Well, I want to begin today by sharing with you a couple of points. One is, I do believe that we underestimate the power of relationships, not just the significance in our lives, but the actual power they have in our lives. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to be friends with someone. It's great to hang out with someone and do life with them. But are you really aware of the the exchange of life that's taking place and the, the fact that the more you're around something or someone, the more you're becoming that person or that thing or you're, you're adopting or assimilating the values and the mindset that that setting is really projecting in your life. And, you know, when you're involved with someone, especially at a heart level, especially if it's over a significant period of time, a long period of time, then we we get connected to people on a soulish level. Of course, I do a great deal of teaching about soul ties, and not all soul ties are bad, by the way. They're, they're good things. But when you begin to be emotionally vested in another person's life and that heart opens up and you begin to receive and exchange back and forth, then you, you must know that there's going to be a point in time when the fruit of that relationship will bear out specifically in your life and in your world. Keep in mind that that's supposed to be that way because when, when you are around wise people, you are receiving the essence of that wisdom that they walk in. When you're around people who prosper and are wealthy and are 
uh, pursuing a kingdom mindset and a kingdom type of life. You are receiving and engaging with that life in them, and therefore you're you're becoming the good. So it's not just a bad thing. It's also a very good thing. That's why it's so important that you understand who and what you are associated with. You know, there, there are some characteristics of godly relationships. We've talked about some of those already in episode number 33. But let me just share a few ideas with you here. The other person with whom you are involved in this relationship, if this is a good relationship, a healthy relationship, a godly relationship, then that other person is truly committed, first and foremost, to your spiritual growth. I share this with my son very often as he is now off at college and and learning how to make good choices, be a man, be sensitive to his environment, and look at relationships on a more authentic level. And I share with him all the time, you know, first and foremost, if you're going to function in life as a Christian, as a believer, then I want to relate with people who truly are concerned about my walk with God. They want to see me closer to God, not farther from Him. They want to engage me in activities that will not take away from my relationship with God, but will add to it. And so I believe a person who's really, truly committed to you in relationship is interested and invested in your spiritual growth. Also, I, I really believe that a real, authentic, godly relationship is one where the person with whom you're in relationship, they truly care about your well-being, they care about your success, they, they have a real genuine interest in seeing you become everything that you can be. They're not a person who's going to speak pessimistically or negatively or discouragingly to you. They're going to encourage you and to build you up and to challenge you and to speak the truth to you in love. I believe godly relationships are characterized by, by having someone truly interested in in you being the best you you can be. Another way of looking at this is a healthy relationship is one of both giving and receiving. Both giving and receiving. I talked about it last week as the exchange, truly exchanging life with each other. Let me just take that a step further by saying that if in a relationship you are the only person who is ever giving into the relationship and you are constantly assuming the role by default that you have to be the giver, the giver, the giver, then I would challenge you to consider that that relationship is one-sided, it is not healthy, it is probably not authentic and life-giving to you because real relationship is an exchange of life. You know, that, that relationship that gives and receives does so with joy, and it is a type and shadow, if you will, of how we relate to to God. Here's another one. A, A godly, healthy relationship will never, never require you, cause you, or encourage you to violate your conscience. No meaningful, godly, healthy, good relationship in your life is going to press you to make a choice or a decision or even a life move that would violate or cross a line or cause you to walk against the plan or the will of God for your life. 
I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer, but you'd be surprised at how many people actually just, you know, happily little follow along, every, you know, whatever, whatever the other person wants to do, that's what we'll do. No, man. No. A, a godly, healthy relationship is never going to press or require you to cross the line and move away from what God has for you. Here's another big one, I guess, that we need to think about, too, is a real healthy and godly relationship is not going to use anger or control or manipulation or emotional abuse to motivate you or to control you or to push you in one direction or the other uh, other direction. A real godly relationship motivates through love, not through manipulation. So as you look at relationships in your life, you, you really, it's wise, I think, to, to really be honest and assess what are these relationships really? What do they look like? Are they quality or do I just have a lot of people that call themselves my friends? So let's talk about the law of association for a few minutes. We read Proverbs 13.20. We also read 1 Corinthians 15.33. And 1320 of Proverbs, you know, says, he that walks with wise men will be wise. That's talking about connection, association. If you associate with wise people, you're going to receive the benefit and the fruit of wisdom. Conversely, if you associate with or offer companionship to someone who is an absolute fool, who takes no counsel, no wisdom, no instruction from anyone, is not correctable, not teachable, they're rebellious, they're, they're just acting a fool. If that's the kind of people you choose to do life with and listen to and give your ear to, then you're going to reap the fruit and the harvest and the and the quote-unquote consequences or benefits of what a foolish relationship looks like. That's the law of association. And, of course, in our, our scripture we read in, in Corinthians about evil, ungodly companionships, these communions, these associations with people, they actually corrupt you. You can be a, a wonderful, godly, God-fearing, truly want to please the heart of the Father, do His will, and go after what He has for you. You can have the right heart, but the wrong associations will actually corrupt that. Now, let me, let me draw a picture here for you in that regard. The word corrupt, I, I when I hear that word, I think about computers because... A corrupt file. One, you could have a computer that has the capacity to produce movies and audio editing and and all kinds of graphic arts and do word processing and just the computer that is built for all this incredible productivity. You can have an unbelievable machine. One corrupt file on the hard drive can actually destroy the entire machine, can actually begin to weave its way like a, a nasty uh, vine through all of the various parameters and cracks and file folders. And, and before you know it, all kinds of things have been corrupted. And that means that their ability to perform at their designed level is diminished because they have become corrupted. It does not take much, ladies and gentlemen, for the good in you to be diminished. It does not take much 
for your morals and your values to be uh, affected by the outside affiliations and associations and mindsets and thoughts and pressures. If you allow someone in your sphere, remember the circles of relationships we talk about, if you allow someone in there close enough, and if they are a corrupt, evil, ungodly person, it's an association or a companionship that God did not bring into your life or it's not healthy for you, if you allow them to stay in that inner place, then even the good things in your heart become corrupt. Someone once said, your life, your entire life will rise or fall to the level of your associations and your relationships. Think about that. My success, my my peak, my ceiling, as far as the level to which I can reach in my life, is actually directly proportionate to the level of associations and relationships I have in my life and allow close to me. The truth is, if you want to know where you're going in life, if you want to to have a quick snapshot of where you're headed, look at your friends. Look around at the people that, that are in that inner space because they are truly a reflection of or a picture of the direction that your life is now moving. Very important. There's a great passage that I refer to often in talking about relationships, especially as it relates to the law of association. And I know that some people get a little bit upset when we talk about this because we we absolutely do not believe in being judgmental or harsh or or throwing stones at anyone. But the Bible very clearly instructs us to understand and be honest about fruit in people's lives. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 to 18. This is what it says. You will know them, that's people, you will know them by their fruits. You will know them by the fruit they bear. Now watch this descriptive. He says, grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So we get a a metaphorical, sarcastic question. (laughs) He says, you can't get a beautiful, sweet grape, something that, that brings pleasure and life and sustenance to you, or a fig, from thorn bushes or from thistles. He says, so every good tree, every good tree, bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. I'm going to say it again. So every good tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit. And then he finishes the thought by saying, a good tree cannot, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. You know, those three verses right there give us the framework by which we can truly, in an objective and honest way, assess and look at 
the relationships in our life. If you have a relationship that is bearing difficult, bad fruit, or it's it's causing you to not move forward the way you're supposed to be moving forward, if it's keeping you from becoming the man or the woman God's called you to be, then that would be bad fruit. And so consequently, you must be able to say in your heart and mind, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Therefore, if there is bad fruit, this must be a what? Bad tree. It's really quite simple. You say, what about the the tree that bears no fruit? Well, let me ask you this question. If God created a fruit tree to bear fruit and the fruit tree does not bear fruit, what do we know about that? Well, we know in Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 11, I believe it is, where Jesus and his disciples were traveling, they came upon a fig tree. Interestingly enough, the Bible qualifies this story by saying that it was not the season for the tree to even bear fruit. So let me explain this to you. Trees bear fruit in a particular season, and this was not even the season for this tree to even bear fruit. But the Son of God, Christ in the earth, his presence placed a demand on the tree. The Bible says the tree answered him. Now, we have no indication that God or Jesus spoke to the tree first. The Bible says the tree answered him and said, I, I, I can't give you anything. And Jesus' response was quite drastic. Because the tree would not bear fruit, Jesus cursed the tree. And when he and his boys came back by the tree a couple of days later, that tree was withered to the root. It was dead. So I would submit to you that a tree that bears no fruit qualifies as a bad tree. So what kind of trees do you have in your life? What kind of, of relationships are present with you? Are there relationships that, that out of fear or out of intimidation that you don't want to address because you're afraid to lose them or you're afraid to have someone uh, angry with you or disappointed in you or maybe, maybe I don't know, some other consequence? I'm not sure, but... but because of that, you're not willing to address the bad fruit that that relationship is producing. The law of association is very simple. If I continue to associate myself with a bad tree, I cannot complain when bad fruit showing up in my life. If I choose to hang out with fools, I cannot complain to God about the foolish, difficult things taking place in my world. Association brings me into the space where I get to participate with the good or the bad that that relationship will produce. When I elect to, by my own will, my own volition, to engage in a relationship with someone and that companionship, that association, think about it in the business context, that business relationship, when that when that connection, when I willfully engage in and enter into that connection, I have brought myself into the sphere or the space in which the fruit of that relationship will bear itself out. If it's good fruit, I will be the recipient and the benefactor of that or beneficiary of that. If it is bad fruit, I will also receive that in my life 
and have to deal with the consequences of that. The law of association is so important when it comes to relationships. I do a teaching when I talk about soul ties on the yoke. The yoke. The yoke in throughout all of history is really just a wooden instrument that binds two oxen together. You've seen pictures of this, I'm sure, or depictions of it in movies where this wooden instrument is placed on the top and the bottom part of the necks of two oxen. And what that does is it creates a multiple of productivity and power so that fields can be plowed, rough ground can be plotted up, etc. And the purpose of the yoke is to cause the two to walk together in such a way where it, it creates synergy between their, their two strengths. Well, when you're yoked with someone, if one, if one of those entities decides to take a 90-degree turn hard to the right and start running, if you're yoked up, what's going to happen? Even if you don't want to go that way, the sheer force and abruptness of that move is going to pull you in that direction. Think about it. If, if one person is completely committed to moving forward and to, to really going on the journey of development and, and growth and becoming and, and engaging all that God has for them, but the other person that they're yoked to is stubborn and not teachable and could care less about growth. They just want to hang out where they are and have fun. If you're yoked together with someone, then you're stuck. You're not moving. So this yoke metaphor is really quite an amazing picture of how this relationship and association thing works. Being yoked together with someone that is moving in an opposite direction or a a perpendicular direction or not walking in the same direction that God's called you to walk, it's going to create strife. It will create confusion. It will create guilt, frustration. Uh, it can even cause extreme pain because there's just almost this tearing that takes place when one's pulling one way and the other is trying to go the other direction. So what does the Bible say about this whole yoking thing? Well, the Bible commands us not to be unequally yoked together. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be yoked together or bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? So this idea of being unequally yoked has nothing to do with with really and truly, you know, my gosh, I've heard it taught so many ways. Let me just say it like this. The idea of being unequally yoked is being associated with, bound to, in deep relationship with someone who is not headed in the same direction you are. They don't carry the same values, the same desires, the same dreams, and they're not at a place in their life where they're willing to follow the leading of God's Spirit in their life. The law of association in many ways determines 
how far we get in our journey towards becoming that man, that woman that God's called us to be. You know, sometimes, as we've spoken about on this podcast, we have relationships that last for years and years and years, but the, the season for that relationship at some point comes to an end, or uh, and it's just time for a different season. And Other times, there are relationships that we have that we really think are, are going to be meaningful for a lifetime, and those relationships end abruptly. Maybe it's a divorce or a horrible breakup or the the breaching of trust in a very close friendship or business partnership, whatever the case may be. As you look at your life, if you're going to be effective and going to be consistent and going to really be able to, to surge forward into what God has for you in this season, I would like to submit to you that this law of association is something that needs to be looked at very closely in your life. Look at those relationships. Look at the fruit. What kind of tree is it? And is it something that requires or necessitates an adjustment on your part so that you can make room for the kinds of relationships God wants to send into your life? How do you do that, Brian? Well, let me encourage you to do this. Ask God to help you see clearly. Sometimes we have to lay down our, our suppositions, our fears, our insecurities, our desire for approval. Sometimes we have to lay down all kinds of things in order that we might really be able to hear the voice of God say, you know, I've got something so much better for you than, than this, and, and I, I, I really want you to address this issue in your heart. So ask for the Lord's help in discovering and seeing clearly and honestly the relationships that he has for you in this season of your life. The law of association. You want to be coming into a season of financial blessing and breakthrough and business success? Be intentional about getting around people who are blessed financially, who are doing well, who are rising above the economic situation around us, who are starting businesses and growing businesses and Get around people whose fruit looks like what you believe God has for you. You want to be around people who are positive and, and you want to have a life where your family is healthy and strong and you've got a great relationship with your kids and, and things are, are well with your family, then form relationships with families who have that going on. Associate yourself with environments and with family units and with relationships that look like where you believe God is calling you in this season. The law of association. You want to be around smart people? Get around smart people. You want to be around thinkers who think outside the box? You, you, are you dissatisfied with the status quo? Well, then get around some relationships and associate yourself with people and groups of people who think outside the box and who are moving towards something fresh and something new. The law of association is huge. I want to encourage you. There are some great relationships that you can experience. There are people that are on a very similar journey that you are on right now. 
And if you will open your heart and your mind to where God is calling you in those relationships, you'll be shocked and you'll be surprised at the doors that open, the opportunities that present themselves. And I really do believe that God will send people into your life that will truly set you on a course for where he's trying to take you. Well, I hope that was a blessing and a help to someone, and I believe that it was. March 19th, 7 o'clock p.m., online and over the phone, if you choose, we're going to be presenting a webinar called The Power of Setting Goals and the Power of Strategic Planning. I find that many people talk about goals they have, but very few people have actually written them. I find that people talk about their dreams and their desires, but they never really sit down and articulate in writing and build a strategic plan to execute and to achieve and to move toward those goals. And I want to talk to you in this webinar on March 19th, that's a Wednesday, March 19th, 7 p.m., about how you can break out of this rut of talking about dreams and actually beginning to to put them down on paper and move toward them. And by the way, if you're wondering, this is absolutely biblical. The Bible is very clear in Habakkuk. Write the vision, make it plain so that those that read it may run. It's very, very important that you have goals, that you have plans, and that you have a means by which you can walk out those plans. And I want to help you with that. Go to brianholmes.com forward slash teleseminar and you will find out more information there about that. And I really look forward to having you there. By the way, we're doing a couple of those webinars per month, and so be watching our website for announcements about that, and uh, we'll look forward to having you on board there with that. Well, we've mentioned to you a couple of times about the New Beginnings experience we're going to be doing in Houston, Texas, and I apologize we don't have a date for you yet but we're working on it it will happen when it is supposed to happen but it's going to happen soon so just stay tuned if you'd like to comment on this episode go to brianholmes.com forward slash zero three four and go to the show notes we'd love to hear from you your comments your questions subscribe to our email updates there at brianholmes.com and I would love for you to go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast, rate us, write a review. That'll help us so much in getting the word out. Well, we trust something we've shared today has been a blessing to you and challenged you. We look forward to seeing you back here very, very soon. Until then, God bless.